0: Dear listener, and welcome back to another episode of the Inspiring Leaders podcast, a podcast brought to you by the Global School for Social Leaders. In this short format podcast, we aim to bring you inspiring speeches from great historical leaders and change makers, whose lives and words inspired people then and now. I am your host, Alejandra Villasíz. Together, we'll listen to fragments of famous speeches, and we'll learn about the people and events around them. This is our third episode, and because it's Black History Month, we're featuring Black leaders and change makers. If you're listening to our last two episodes, you know we talked about Rosa Parks and Maya Angelou, two important figures in the civil rights movement. Today, we'll go further back in time and talk about Mr. Frederick Douglass, born on 1818, On February 14th, in the state of Maryland, although you can imagine this date can only be assumed. Douglas was born into slavery and eventually became the national leader of the abolitionist movement in Massachusetts and New York. He was an author, social reformer, salesman, and writer who believed in equality for all people and dialogue and alliances across racial and ideological divides. As you can imagine, there aren't any recordings of Douglas speaking. So we'll listen to fragments of his speech, the meaning of the 4th of July for the Negro. From July 5th, 1882. Read by a young African-American man living in New York City in present time.
1: Fellow citizens, I am not wanting in respect for the fathers of this republic. The signers of the declaration of independence were brave men they were great men too great enough to give frame to a great age it does not often happen to a nation to rise at one time such a number of truly great men the point from which i'm compelled to view them is not certainly the most favorable and yet i cannot contemplate their great deeds with less than admiration they were statesmen patriots and heroes and for the good they did and the principles they contended for I will unite with you to honor their memory.
0: Douglas was mixed race with Black, Native American, and European heritage, but that didn't free him from slavery. He was separated from his family and sent to the Way Horse Plantation, and eventually made it to the Auld family, where Lucretia Auld took interest in him as he was a child and she wanted to give him a better life. The old family taught him the alphabet and treated him well. He described their treatment as how one human being ought to treat another. He felt blessed to be there and secretly taught himself to read and write.
1: I say it with a sad sense of the disparity between us. I am not included within the pale of glorious anniversary. Your high independence only reveals the immeasurable distance between us. The blessings in which you this day rejoice are not enjoyed in common. The rich inheritance of justice, liberty, prosperity, and independence bequeathed by your fathers is shared by you, not by me.
0: After many twists and turns and a lot of hardship, Frederick Douglass made it to freedom in 1838 on a northbound train. Thanks to his quick thinking and the help of strangers, he eventually made it to the safe house of known abolitionist David Ruggles in New York City. He eventually sent for Anna Murray, a free black woman he had fallen in love with and who he then married as a free man.
1: citizens, above your national tumultuous joy I hear the mournful wail of millions, whose chains, heavy and grievous yesterday, are today rendered more intolerable by the jubilee shouts that reach them. If I do forget, if I do not faithfully remember those bleeding children of sorrow this day, may my right hand forget her cunning and may my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. To forget them, to pass lightly over their wrongs, and to chime in with the popular theme, would be treason most scandalous and shocking, and would make me a reproach before God in the world. My subject then, fellow citizens, is American slavery. I shall see this day and its popular characteristics from the slave's point of view. Standing there identified with the American bondman, making his wrongs mine, I do not hesitate to declare with all my soul that the character and conduct of this nation never looked blacker to me than on this 4th of July.
0: believed in equality for all people and spoke in favor of the women's suffrage movement. He believed that there were many overlaps between the abolitionist and the feminist movement and fought tirelessly to help give the right to vote to black men and women in general. He believed education to be crucial to elevate the African-American community and improve their lives. He also believed photography to be an important tool to end slavery and racism since an image is worth a thousand words, and it could be used as a response to racist caricatures of black people around the world. He never smiled in pictures. He decided to stay with a stern stare to avoid the stereotype of the smiley black person that would often be featured in these racist caricatures.
1: you have me argue that man is entitled to liberty, that he is the rightful owner of his own body? You have already declared it. Must I argue the wrongfulness of slavery? Is that a question for Republicans? Is it to be settled by the rules of logic and argumentation as a matter beset with great difficulty, involving a doubtful application of the principle of justice hard to be understood? How should I look today, in the presence of Americans dividing and subdividing a discourse, to show that men have a natural right to be freedom, speaking of it relatively and positively, negatively and affirmatively. To do so would be to make myself ridiculous and to offer an insult to your understanding. There is not a man beneath the canopy of heaven that does not know that slavery is wrong for him.
0: here is my question to you, dear listener. Are you ready to reach across the aisle and look for allies in unexpected places? Across the world, one could say we are very divided, and finding common ground is at times very hard. But just because something is hard, it doesn't mean it's not worth doing. Douglas believed that doing the right thing for one group, meant doing the right thing for other groups as well. He experienced a lot of hardship in his life, but also a lot of kindness. He strived to reform the system that was oppressing him, not by pointing fingers, but by extending hands and lifting others as well. Do you think this is possible and needed today? Thank you for joining me today on episode three of the Inspiring Leaders podcast. I'll be back next week with another inspiring piece to share with you. Hope you have a great rest of your week and see you next time.